This is the Tom Bigby Tales, and I'm your host, Shannon Evans. I write about a small town along the Tom Bigby River called Columbus and some of its surrounding communities. Today's episode is about Robert Thompson, a Lowndes County representative to the Mississippi legislature from 1874 to 1875, who had previously been an enslaved man. Post-emancipation Mississippi, Lowndes County, Black citizens, is a story of liberation, growth, and a rise to a viable middle-class structure. Black Mississippians, in gaining the vote, discovered their relevance and influence, especially in counties where they outnumbered white voters. In 1874, Lowndes County was represented in the state legislature by three Black Republican leaders, Columbus residents Robert Gleed and Reverend Jesse Bolden, and Crawford resident Robert Bob Thompson. With African Americans in positions of leadership and agents of their own progress, the local white minority fought to gain control and return to the pre-emancipation order, meaning the subjugation of the black population. The white-controlled Democratic Party doubled down on their rhetoric, fanning the fires in stump speeches around the county. The rhetoric spilled into newspaper articles and editorials further villainizing black men especially. This was especially evident in the villainization of Bob Thompson the spring of 1874. The basis of that rancor toward Thompson as a leader in Crawford and Artesia is directly connected to the death of Hugh Allison Lee, a veteran of the Confederacy, captured at Vicksburg, now a railroad man in in 1870s at a Republican campaign rally near Artesia. Lee walked upon the campaign rally attended by 500 to 700 black men, women, and children who had come from all over the county for the event. People were picnicking, listening to the speeches, and enjoying their day visiting with family and friends. The black militias from Crawford and Artesia paraded and fired periodic salutatory shots for the politicians to punctuate fiery points of their speeches. Lee was seen entering the arena and was confronted by the leader of the militia, Captain Lewis, a carpetbagger. Lee was incensed that a black man blocked his access and challenged him. He roared at the speaker on the podium, a Mr. Bliss, are you a white man? Per the Jackson leader of November 1871. Bliss ignored him and continued with his speech. Angry that he got no response from Bliss, Lee shot at the speaker and fired several shots into the crowd. Members in the crowd fired back at Lee, killing him instantly. Clearly not murdered, but an act of taking down someone bent on killing innocent people. The Columbus Index, December 5, 1871 edition, published a brief editorial of outrage that black men killed a white man and got away with, quote, murder. The accused, the Jackson leader of, they accused the Jackson leader of publishing a false account of events. The Clarion Ledger went so far as to accuse the black shooters of being drunk and under the leadership of carpetbaggers. Deputy Sheriff Captain Donnelly and his newly deputized all-white posse arrested 50-plus black men. The leadership of the local Republican mil- 
a party and militia and 40 other community members, including the newly elected state representative from Octibaha County, Randall Nettles. The men were brought to Columbus, the county seat, and crammed in jail, <clears throat> awaiting court. A mob of African Americans from all over the county formed in protest outside the courthouse, making local citizens exceedingly nervous. The men were ordered released from jail by the federal provost, Harrison Johnston. An investigation was launched and federal troops were sent to surround the homes of the sheriff and his deputies in the dark of night. The sheriff and his deputies were arrested and taken before the federal magistrate in Oxford for violation of enforcement laws. Those arrested were Jerry Dowsing, Lowndes County Sheriff, Captain Donnelly, Deputy Sheriff, and Special Deputies Franks, Hodo, and Lamb. The men were held in Oxford in jail until the election was over to prevent any further election tampering. The, elect the election was held and Lewis was elected the new sheriff. In May of 1874, Robert Thompson, a former enslaved man and now a member of the Mississippi State Legislature, serving on a committee to investigate contested elections around the state, was on parade in Crawford, training a militia group of African Americans on marching formations. His troops stopped in the road <clears throat> between the depot and a strip of shops. There was about 15 feet between the two groups of the platoon. James B. Brooks, a clerk and son of a local farmer, walked down the line of soldiers and attempted to pass through the troops when he was halted by Thompson. This was a grievous offense for a black man to confront a white man. Democratic-leaning papers of the time inflamed their white readers with reports that Thompson told Brooks that if he tried to pass again, he would, quote, have his heart's blood. Furthermore, the same papers reported that as Thompson <clears throat> dismissed the platoon, he allegedly told his men to report at the next Saturday's drill with armed rifles and plenty of ammunition. If true, he anticipated problems and was willing to defend his family, his town, and himself. This was perceived as a clear physical threat and not taken lightly by Brooks or the press reporting the incident. Thompson was threatened with lynching in an editorial from the editor of the Aberdeen Examiner. Most papers referred directly that Thompson was to be feared as he had been, quote, implicated in the murder of Hugh Lee. Federal troops and oversight was removed from the South and the tide had turned. Black men were then marginalized and intimidated into not voting again in the next election by white liners, red shirts, and the Klan. For more information on this, see the... Uh, See the podcast done on Robert Glead. Despite outnumbering white voters three to one in Lowndes County and four to one in Knoxville County, black voters were intimidated into not voting in the next election. Thompson only served a single term in Lowndes County as he moved to Knoxville County and returned to full-time farming per the 1880 U.S. Census, leaving public office behind forever. Thompson, his wife Eliza, and their seven children moved to Knoxville County and began farming near Brooksville. The last census Bob Thompson is found on is the 1880 Beat 5 Knoxville County listing. At some point, the widowed Eliza moves to Livingston, Mississippi, where she works as a nurse for a white family until she dies in 1910. 
I want to thank you for coming on this podcast. If you care to learn more about, about this event or others, and if you care to see more about the town of Columbus, I encourage you to follow this podcast, The Tom Bigby Tales, and to like and follow the Facebook page of the Historic Home Tours of Columbus. I want to thank you for joining me tonight. My name is Shannon Evans, and this is the Tom Bigby Tales. Until next time.